hello. So, I want to talk about stubbornness. My, one of mine, well, actually a couple of my kids now that I think about it, but one in particular is quite stubborn, but it's kind of manifested in different ways that you wouldn't really attribute to this one's personality. One of my daughters is incredibly stubborn. And a lot of times, as we see, I work in special education, so a lot of times what we see is that children with disabilities are stubborn, but it's actually um, a good thing and that can help them um, not give up and be stubborn enough to help them survive. Now, that's one type of stubbornness. Um, it is not the kind that my daughter has. So today, we were on our way to summer camp, which is a day camp, and she got upset because she didn't get the lunchbox that she wanted because she and her sister were fighting over it, so I took it away. And the other sister, you know, easily picked up and went over and got herself um, a plastic bag to put her lunch in and called it good and was ready to go. Whereas this one was incredibly stubborn and instead just, you know, she'll shut down. A lot of times she has these things where she will just shut down and, you know, kind of mumble or whine and just, just literally shut down, like turn off. She'll just sit down and sit there and stare and she won't walk. She won't move. She won't talk. She doesn't really do anything. Um, and it's stubbornness. Now, a lot of people say, oh, but you need to be patient and all this. Um, I wasn't sure if, uh, she has a lot of anxiety issues. So there's that. And that kind of, kind of couples with this and kind of mushes into one big issue. Well, and she's had that for years, ever since she was little. And the thing is though, is there is a fine line between placating and accommodating. And the other side of that line would be helping her learn how to adapt and to deal and to just get over these issues. Now, and that's the same thing that I come across in my line of work with special education, um, a lot of people's first reaction, and this is not just with special education children, but it is very predominant in that world. A lot of people look at a sped kid and say, oh my goodness, they're upset, um, especially the ones that are nonverbal. They will go, oh, they're upset, they're upset. Well, I know what they need, so I'm gonna give it to them, and then boom, behavior averted, crisis averted, and really, yeah, temporarily, it's like a Band-Aid, but you're setting it up for um, unreasonable and illogical expectations. And that goes for any child, SPED or Gen Ed, what we, that's what we call them, Gen Ed being general education or what some people would call quote unquote regular kids. Um, I don't really like that term, but the, you know, the general population, I guess. So that goes for any child. And that's the thing is that as parents, a lot of us in this world right now have gone out of our way to accommodate and placate our children um, and I think some of us start out and um, coming from a place of love. We don't like seeing our children upset. We don't like seeing them sad. We want to heal their wounds and comfort them, which is great. There is nothing wrong with that. That is a wonderful thing to do as a parent. You want to love your kids. You want to hurt when they hurt and protect them and feel concern and care for them. That's definitely wonderful, but you also need to remember, this is hard, and this is, I'm talking to myself with this as well. We need to remember as parents that we are not their friends. We 
are their parents. They have tons of friends, but we are parents first and foremost. That is our responsibility. That is in their job description that was set out for us by God. We are their parents. That means not just helping them um, by you know making them um, not upset by things, um, but which is what you know what I'm talking about is when parents are so worried about seeing their children be upset that they go above and beyond to avoid those situations. Um, but also um, in our description of parents set out by God, we have to discipline. And discipline is teaching them maturity, responsibility, and also just respect for themselves and also for authority. Not just authority like government officials or teachers or bosses in the workplace, but also authority as respecting us as their parents, which is a lifelong um, relationship. They need to always respect us even when they are older. But also, it all points back to God. They need to respect us and then in doing so, they learn to respect God. God is the ultimate authority figure. He is our father. So when they respect their earthly father, they will also learn to respect and fear their heavenly father. So the issue is going back to what I had said before, a lot of parents try to avoid, completely avoid any uncomfortable situation, which is unrealistic because life is filled with disappointments. Life is filled with um, insecurity. Maybe that's not the right word, but there's not always a stable environment. Things change. Things happen that we don't like. And it doesn't, I'm not talking about abuse. I'm talking about like, oh, you didn't get the drink you wanted with your meal. Or, oh, you didn't get later on in life the promotion you wanted. That is just one of the realities that we face. Life is not fair. Life is filled with change and disappointments. And we need to be able to cope with that. But if we have grown up with parents who have shielded us from all disappointments, we won't have that knowledge of how to overcome and how to deal with it. Um, so actually, instead of helping our children, we're setting them up for failure and disappointment and ultimately um, like depression. Because a lot of adults that I know that had parents that were very, they, they call it free thinking, but that's not really the proper term. They have gone through depression because they did not know how to cope when things didn't go their way. They were so used to things going their way, they just didn't realize that out there in the real world, when you're living on your own, when you're married, when you have your own kids, they're not going to always do what you want because that wasn't their world. Their world as a child was mommy and daddy made everything always perfect. And yet, school things change, you know, um, there are things at school that we don't enjoy, but some parents somehow can even reach beyond the home and can protect their children from um, things, you know, discomforts at school. So some, some people really just have been robbed of good discipline as a child. I actually met a lady who was very sweet and very, you know, good tempered, just a very kind and easygoing lady. And she and I got to be friends and she told me that when she was first married, she's in her 40s when I met her. When she was first married in her early 20s, I want to say, maybe late 20s, um, she would, with her husband, mind you, and this is a grown woman, she would have temper tantrums when things would not go her way. And she would get so exhausted and get depressed after a temper tantrum because things weren't going her way. And she finally figured it out after going to therapy, I think, um, that she had not been taught to deal with things that were 
not what she wanted, things that were uncomfortable, things, you know, her husband would not allow her to do something like give her money to go shopping, I guess, or something along those lines. And she would literally have a breakdown every time. And she did end up getting divorced for other reasons that weren't related to that. But it was pretty crazy to think she was nothing like that when I met her and I was shocked. And she said, but she had to really work on that. And she just, you know, it caused issues in all her relationships. And she was miserable just as a person on her own because, you know, the world is not going to stop everything to accommodate you or cater to you. And it's really hard when your life has been that way and you are just given a cold splash of reality and it can really throw you. And so anyways, so yeah, I think that parents start out with love when they try to do that, um, to shield their children from pain and suffering, but even the little things. But a lot of the parents that I've met in my work, um, and also my kids, friends, parents, sometimes a lot of the reason turns from love into laziness. It's hard. I mean, it's not that we are all lazy parents. I get that, but it is so hard when you've been at work all day or you've just been running errands and frustrated and tired. You're hungry. There are things are pulling you in a million different directions. And then you have to also deal with following through with discipline. And sometimes it really is just easier to avoid the hard, difficult situation. Um, and you just think, oh, it's so much easier if they're having this hissy fit, this temper tantrum. So I give in and I'm going to give them the toy that they're asking for. Because really what you're doing is two different things. One, you're training your children to draw out those temper tantrums. If you've let them cry and cry and cry for, I don't know, let's say like 10 minutes, they've cried, they've screamed, and finally they've worn you down. So who's training who here? And they've worn you down and you give in and you're angry and you yell at them. Well, they've just learned that they have to put up with the yelling in order to get what they want. That carries over into other relationships when they're older. They may be in an abusive relationship, but they think, well, if I can just stick out the abuse, ultimately I'll get money. I'll get what I want at the end. I'll get this person to cave. You know, um, there are so many different ways we can look at that in different areas or directions it will lead into, which is really sad, but it's just one of those things. So going back to the situation with my daughter, um, today at summer camp, what I did was she got mad with the lunchbox. She put her lunch back and we walked out the door. We got all the way to summer camp, which isn't right around the corner. It's a little bit of a drive. And I told her, now let's see, did you eat your breakfast? Well, no, she didn't eat her breakfast. She woke up late cause she didn't want to get up when everybody else got up. So she woke up late. Um, we don't have a certain time we have to be at summer camp. I give them a little bit of leeway. And, um, this morning, actually we, my other kids and I were busy doing some things. So I just hadn't looked at the time. So this one, um, this daughter missed breakfast because she just didn't, you know, it didn't occur to her to eat and breakfast was provided. It was sitting on the table. There are always at least two options of what you can eat. And so I said, okay, so you're hungry. And she said, yeah. I said, okay, now at summer camp, they actually provide lunch. So that's a little bit different. I wouldn't send her off to school, for example, with no chance of breakfast or lunch and not being able to eat till the afternoon. I do care if my children eat, obviously. Um, but I knew that there would be lunch provided here and she doesn't like it. That's why she takes her, her own lunch. Um, 
it's, you know, she just doesn't like what they have to, to eat. It's not that she's allergic to it. She just doesn't like it. So I told her, um, okay, so it's going to be two hours from the time she was dropped off until the time when lunch will be served. I said, okay, so you're going to have to tough it out for two hours till lunch is served because you chose not to eat breakfast and you had a hissy fit and left your lunch at home because you didn't get the lunchbox you want. So you left it on the counter in protest and anger. And she was really thrown off. She was expecting, I think that I would feel sorry for her and go and buy her something, um, you know, for McDonald's or something. And that is not what happened. I said, okay, let's get out of the car. It's time to go to summer camp. And she just was like, well, you know, she was upset. She doesn't really, um, you know, throw temper tantrums per se, but, uh, that was just very, to me, that was very interesting that she honestly thought that she was going to get away with just, you know, having a hissy fit and still having what she wanted at the end. And I know in, in my house, it's a little bit different. Um, when you're pressed for time, I get it. When you're pressed for time, sometimes you, you know, y'all are running. You don't have the time to stop and confront this issue and deal with it. And that's kind of the way of the world. A lot of times now too, I get it. But, um, in our house, my husband and I, a lot of times we'll handle situations differently, even though we agree on parenting in that very heat of the moment. Sometimes we react differently than the other one would. So I think that's contributed to this a lot. So anyway, so I sent her off to summer camp and I know full well she will eat. She will be starving and she will eat when lunch is served. I told her you can also eat when you get home. She will eat lunch and then we usually will go home about two hours after that. So she will have food. I'm not worried about that, but it won't be what she wanted. But I did, I did tell her before she got out, I explained it. We always walk through it. I believe you need to walk through it and explain to them, this is the consequence for your action. And you could have avoided this by this or, you know, just having them, it helps them to reason through it so that when they're older, they learn to analyze better and then they become healthier people. Um, so yeah, so that's what happened is I said, okay, you had a choice and you chose to do that. I said, maybe next time you'll remember this situation and you will react differently and decide it's not worth it because the only one you're punishing is yourself. You left the good lunch you packed that you wanted at home and now you have to eat this other lunch and you won't get to eat again until you get home this afternoon. Um, you know, eating good food that you want to eat instead, you're going to have to eat what's served there. So I think it was a lesson learned. And I think sometimes we need to just be more firm and just non wavering with our children because the world is constantly telling us otherwise. And Oh, well, tolerance, tolerance, acceptance. Oh, placate. And what's happening. We are producing horrible people that don't have discipline, self-discipline, and they don't respect authority. They don't really, there's too much. We're giving them too much. And a lot of children, well, every child and every person needs those boundaries in order to feel comfortable and safe, like the baby in the womb. That's why when babies come out, they want to be swaddled. They like that, the boundaries of this is where I'm safe. I know where I am. I know my surroundings, you know, they're comfortable with that. So that's the same with boundaries. We need to set up these boundaries to know this is safe. And kids, kids always need that. So I remember being in a mops group when my first one was really little at a church and, um, mops is mothers of preschoolers for those of you who don't know. And there was a book and it, um, 
I'll have to get back to y'all next time. And I read it and it was amazing. It was like, it wasn't the five love languages, but it was saying, um, different ways that you need to love your child. And it's the, what they crave. Now, a lot of parents think their child doesn't want to be disciplined. Well, yeah, a child doesn't know better. They don't want to be told no, but it helps them and they actually do crave it. Um, they crave knowing what is acceptable, what's not acceptable because it makes them feel safer. So anyway, I will look up the author and the name of that book and I will put it out there in the, um, in my next podcast, probably. So this has gone on so long. I'm so sorry, but I thank you for listening and I love to hear your feedback. So please send me any emails that have any of your comments or questions to E L I R E N A B U at gmail.com. You guys, thank you so much for listening. Thanks. And I hope that you've taken some of, um, these thoughts and opinions that I've shared that you've taken them and, um, kind of given you something to think about or discuss with your friends because it's hard being a Christian and being a parent and just having all these different things that are vying for our attention and that are telling us sometimes that you're doing it wrong. It's hard. Life as a Christian woman is hard. So I appreciate you guys listening and I hope that we can all go out there and form bonds inside the Christian community of love and understanding with each other so we can build each other up and encourage each other to fight the good fight. And I hope that's what my podcast has done for you. Thank you guys so much. Have a great week. Bye-bye.